Welcome to Torah from Temple of Aaron in St. Paul, Minnesota. Here is the place to hear much of the great sermons, teachings, and speakers happening each week at our synagogue. Whether you are able to make it in person or not, each week you will find new Jewish content to inspire, motivate, and bring meaning to you wherever you find yourself. I hope you enjoy the teaching and feel free to contact us anytime about it by calling us at 651-252-6411 or emailing us at Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein at templeofaron.org. Enjoy and we hope to see you soon. Hello everybody. Today you will hear a sermon I gave on March 26, 2022 at Shabbat morning services at Temple of Aaron for Parshat Shemini. I spoke about the essential need to approach our mistakes with vulnerability and transparency in order to truly grow and serve God in this world. I hope you enjoy. My favorite interview question. My favorite interview question. If there was one thing that you could improve on, what would that be? What's the answer? You know, sometimes I just work too hard. I just work too hard. And I have to just, you know, give myself moments of rest. But, you know, sometimes I just work through the night just to make sure this task gets accomplished. And that's just who I am. Right? How do you feel when you hear that? It's disgusting, right? It's like, ugh, it's horrible. You know, they took, they gave us uh, literally, I think, the, the, the last half of the year of rabbinic school, the fifth year of rabbinic school, they spend teaching you how to interview. Because, of course, we have to be taught how to interview for congregations. There's a speed dating process, usually um, dating, going on speed blind dates, basically, with congregations, and you have to present your best self forward, and they teach you how to do this. And they constantly say to yourself, don't talk about the things you're bad at. And I couldn't stand this. I hated this. He said, what, you want me to be dishonest? The congregation should know, I'm not a perfect person, I'm not a Mashiach, you know, like, there's some things that I'm not so good at, and they should know, and I work on those things, I work to improve those things, those things guide me, they instruct me, and I think one of my best benefits, my best positives of being a human being is that I am aware of the things that I'm not good at, and I'm working on them. But they said, no, just talk about your positives. Just, they ask you about your weaknesses, talk about your strengths. And I couldn't stand this. To, by the way, to getting to this, and I never, I never followed this. I never followed this. To, to this day, I had interviewed my Some people who are sitting here might remember some of my first interviews with Temple of Aaron, and I probably at least a couple of times said, this is something I could, I, I'm working on right now. I've improved on. I, I need to work on this. I'm still growing with this. And it might have surprised some people. I think I've had quite a few con conversations with Ken over these, this past year of, stop talking about your negatives. Those are, they're not your negatives. You're working on them. You're improving. Them. Some things you're good at, sometimes you, some things you're very good at, right? But don't say you're bad at it, right? But I disagree. It's like our argument, L'Shem Shemaim, with, 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 between Ken and I, of how we should, how we should talk about ourselves in this world. Um, and why, why do I think that we need to talk about the negative things? Why do we need to talk about the things that we're not so good at? Why can't we only just talk about the positive things? Because I believe so much that if we put the negative things, if we put the things that we're not so good at in front of us, they can be guides in our life and they can help us improve. If we know the things that we're not so good at and we don't say they're the downfall of, of who we are, 
right? And we talk about them, and they're right in front of us, and they're present, and we're honest with them. They can actually be guides. They can be teachers for helping to improve us. And we can become such better people in this world than hiding from them and not taking them seriously and not actually looking at them. And also people tend to look at you and say, oh, this person is not working on themselves. They're not aware of themselves. So I tend to say we should talk about the negatives. We should talk about the things that we're working on. Those are some of the most valuable realizations we can have in life. Now, I might not be the best job counselor for interviews, but at least I think I'm morally, maybe I'm, I think I'm, I'm right here. And I'll tell you why. I think our Torah portion teaches it this week. You know, we are in this Parsha right now, Parsha at Shemini, where the tabernacle is being constructed and being created, and finally it's inaugurated on this really joyous day until it's not very joyous at all. But at least it's joyous in the beginning because it gets inaugurated. And seven days before the, the, the inauguration of the tabernacle, the Torah talks about the idea that Moshe and Aaron and his sons are inside the tabernacle, and they're doing something. They're called the Yemei Miluim, the Days of Reserve. Right? And at the end of Parshat Sav, before this, we're told that they, they stay in the Ohamod for seven days doing something. We have no idea what they do. All we know is that on the eighth day they come out and then they start the, the, the first sacrifice. So the sages wonder, what are they doing during these seven days? What are they doing inside the tabernacle during these seven days? And the sages' answer for what they're doing is that Moshe and his brothers are practicing building up the tabernacle and taking it apart over and over again that each and every day they spent all seven days putting the tabernacle together and then breaking it down. Putting it together, breaking it down. Putting it together, breaking it down. Now, why did they have to do that? Right? The tabernacle was already up. It was already set up. The most important part of the tabernacle was the sacrifices that happened in the tabernacle, not the fact that you could build it and break it down again. Why were they doing that? And our great Hasidic masters say what was really going on what this is really supposed to teach us is an essential part of serving God is to have the ability to both build oneself up and sometimes break oneself down. That we have to have the ability to build ourselves up and break ourselves down. To do both of them. What do, we, what do they mean by that? There are sometimes when we make mistakes in life that we feel like everything is falling apart. And we can panic, and we can try to hide from these things, and we can try to live in our Facebook or Instagram personas, right, um, where everything is polished and everything is perfect, and we can hide from these things and say, these things aren't who we are. But that's not what God is telling us. God is telling us that the destruction, the falling apart, is actually the process, is part of, an, an integral part of the building up. We tend to hide from our mistakes. We tend to hide from the things that we're not so good at. But what this is supposed to teach us is that an essential part of serving God is to actually remember the times when we've fallen apart and continue to serve God at those moments. Not say this is totally not part of what we're trying to do, but that this is essential to the way in which we serve God, our mistakes, and when we fall apart. And that not only that, the tabernacle is made to be taken apart and to be put together. Now, if the tabernacle has to move somewhere, what do you do? Do you take the tabernacle when it's whole and all put together? What do you do first? What do you have to do first to the tabernacle? Do you take it while it's all put together or do you have to take it apart first? You take it apart. The only way the tabernacle can move is when the tabernacle is taken apart. 
Otherwise, the tabernacle just stays in one place. And it goes nowhere. The only way the tabernacle goes somewhere is when it's broken down. So, of course, Moshe and Aaron had the practice of, of breaking down the tabernacle. Otherwise, it's useless. Because then the Jewish people can never actually go anywhere. They can never actually improve. They can never grow. And when we, us too, when we ignore those mistakes, when we try to hide from the times when we fall apart, when we don't include them in our service of God, in who we are, when we don't try to learn from those times when we make mistakes and we fall apart, then we also never move as human beings through the wildernesses of our lives. We too never grow. And I see this so often. People want to live in their spray, spray tan, spray painted way of life. That's never been what Judaism is about. Judaism is all about living with warts and all. And not just accept those warts and just say, that's just who I am. Ah, it's okay. Right? I also don't like that either. Right? If you just accept those warts and say, that's what it's going to be the rest of my life, that's what it is. People used to say it to me all the time. You know, Rabbi, I can't learn, you know, you keep talking about not gossiping. It's just who I am. I can't change. Not what I'm saying. The reason that it's deconstructed, remember, the whole point is to build it back up once again. To build the tabernacle back up where it comes to. And we have this idea in our head that the best things are not meant to be deconstructed. The best things are meant to last forever. But the best thing in Judaism, the tabernacle, what God commanded us to build in the wilderness, is something that purposely can be deconstructed and rebuilt again. What would it mean for us to think of ourselves like tabernacles? Things that can be rebuilt, taken down, rebuilt again in a different place. How do we think of our lives like that as well? You know, something going on around the internet. Has anyone heard of Wordle? Wordle? You've seen this. It's a very popular game. Everybody's posting their scores. It's, you know, online, everyone's posting their scores. And the way the score is presented... The, the, if you haven't seen this, the idea of the game is you're supposed to guess the word, I believe. I haven't played it yet. Rachel plays it. She likes word games. You know, you're supposed to guess in a certain amount of turns what the word, uh, what the, this mysterious word is through clues. And the idea is you're supposed to do as quick as possible. And the best scores, like you get it in one or two tries, right? And the more tries you have, you get up to five, you get to six. That doesn't look good. You don't want to post that because then you've tried and failed too many times. And that's the whole point system. And it's become so popular. But that's the exact opposite logic of what Judaism is all about. Why is it wrong to fail and to try again? The best thing that you did is that you didn't give up when you failed and you kept trying again and that you learned. The whole point of the game is that you're supposed to learn from the clues and say, okay, this letter, this, this word didn't have an A. Okay, now I know that the word doesn't have an A, so now I can learn that maybe it's a B or a C or a D. That's the whole point of the game. But instead, all we focus on is how many tries did you get it in? We focus on the negative, and then we compare it to other people. But we don't talk about the fact that, thank God, after six or seven times you kept trying again. I say as a rabbi, those are the people who should have high scores, that they didn't give up. You never see the scores of the people who gave up. Right? But I believe that's the high score. And that's the high score of who we are. 
Judaism believes that human beings are, are capable of constantly transforming themselves over and over again, learning from themselves. Every single moment in which there's breath in our souls, the breath of life, we are, have the ability to transform ourselves, to grow. We are never, never stagnant. The first second we're stagnant is the, is the, is the next second we're gone. Human beings, how we're defined, is people who constantly move, who constantly grow. And in order to grow, we can't be afraid to fall down sometimes. I'll finish with this. The most touching part of the whole entire Parsha is right at the moment before Aaron is about to offer his last sacrifice. His, I'm sorry, his first sacrifice. And he leans over to Moshe and says, I can't do this. I can't offer this sacrifice. Why? Moshe says, why? Aaron says, I'm the guy who worshipped the golden calf. I did all these terrible things. How could I be the one to do the first sacrifice? And Moshe leaned over and said, and this is, who you, this is what you were chosen to do for this exact moment. You specifically were chosen to do this first sacrifice. And what do I think Moshe means at that moment? God knows that you made mistakes. God knows that you did wrong. You're not some perfect person. That's not what God wants. God wants someone who's made those mistakes, who's honest about those mistakes, who has them in their mind still, but is willing to improve themselves and willing to grow. And that's the person who made that first sacrifice that day, was our own. The person who made one of the worst mistakes ever, but was able to grow and able to transform. So if Aaron can do it, the first person who made the sacrifice in the tabernacle, so too each and every one of us are obligated to take our mistakes seriously, grow with them, own them, and transform each and every day. Shabbat shalom, everybody. We continue with our service today with